Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Hi there, welcome to your podcast or mine. I'm Sherry, and today I'm speaking with Reed Vanier, one of the creative minds behind the Dr. DC podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on the show, Reed. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So why don't you give a description of the Dr. DC podcast? Sure. Yeah, so our show is a comic book podcast and focus on uh, DC comics. And the format of our show is pretty simple. Basically, every week we have a topic or a a theme, and we take listener questions about about that topic or theme, and we go into it. I'm the so-called doctor, and I'm the one who brings, like, the crazy comic book knowledge to the table. And then my co-host, Richard, he produces the show. And then between us, you know, he's read a fair bit of stuff, but he's usually good to be uh, a follow-up question. That when you start talking comic books, stuff can get a little heady or a little strange. So we dive into different things. Well, you don't just talk about the DC comic book. You also talk about everything that encompasses it, like the movies, TV shows, or any news that's happening around it. And also, not just DC, you take subject matter from entertainment in general. Is that right? Well, yes, that's true. I mean, uh, the whole point of the show was there's a lot of comic book podcasts out there that just review current comics as they come out so you don't really need another one that does that i kind of always i i don't necessarily have the memory of specifically what issue everything happens in but i always like the the lore the mythology of it so i i wanted to do a show that could explore that a little bit and richard is such a, a great guiding voice on what the show has become too and now I think I think our discussions are are fun for people who know the comics, who know the stuff, but also a relatively decent jumping on point for people that have no idea and just want to learn a little bit more. I think we we, tr- we try our best to be as accessible as possible. So part of that is, you know, when you're explaining weird stuff with time travel or that, we definitely use analogies from other pop culture or from Marvel or Terminator or whatever we need to to sort of make it as clear as possible. Well, you know, I'm not a big comic book consumer, but I do relate to the DC universe in respect to, for example, you just had a show on Flash and there's a, a television show, but there was also the Flash Gordon movie that, I was obsessed with when I was a kid. So <laughs> with, yeah. with corny with corny and but beautiful queen music <laughs> involved. Well, and, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, which but, because uh, weirdly that Flash Gordon thing has weirdly touched over onto like the, the superhero Flash. I think they used that Flash Gordon, the Queen theme in an in an episode this season, which was pretty funny. <laughs> so I I mean I could certainly you know growing up uh, you know I was surrounded by all of that but it is a good I guess I get breaking in podcasts for someone who doesn't isn't completely knowledgeable about 
the whole universe. And it can be pretty daunting. I mean, there's a reason that we're focused on DC Comics. It's because it's what I grew up reading, and it's what I currently read. I, I don't have, like, a, a Marvel vendetta. I watch all the movies, but, like, if you ask me to pick up a Marvel comic and tell you what's happening, I would find that extremely intimidating and daunting. And I'm used to reading comic books in general. So I think, yeah, we, we try our best to maybe make them a little less scary because, you know, there's like 80 years of history behind some of these characters. It, I think that can be a an obstacle for people who want to get into it. Yeah, there is a lot of history, and I have to agree with that. It is pretty daunting. Like, where do you start, you know? <laughs> do you start well, at yeah, the very exactly. beginning? Or do you jump in at a certain point? And obviously there are going to be some years that are creatively better than others. So it's kind of difficult to decide where to start. And with it, as with anything else artistic, a lot of it comes down to taste, too. So there's things that I will probably recommend on the show that I know Richard doesn't like as much or things that Richard recommends or that he like loves more than anything. And I think they're fine. Uh, so, you know, we just we try our best just to talk about what we like about what we like or try not to talk too much about what I dislike, but it does come up. And, yeah, let sort of people decide from there because so much of it is personal taste. Right. So how did you meet Richard, your co-host? Well, the funny story is that we barely knew each other before we started the podcast. I was working um, – on the board of the of U Comic Con, which is the uh, uh, it was a sort of biannual convention up in Whitehorse, Yukon, and Richard had just come in to sort of consult on some marketing ideas, and he had pitched the idea of doing a podcast during the convention where we could, you know, take advantage of having guests and stuff up and use them to make some content. And I was in that meeting because I was meant to be thinking about what to do for the convention but as soon as he said podcast then the wheels started turning in my head because i wanted to i had wanted to do a dc comics podcast for some time i used to have a very in-depth blog about dc comics and i always wanted to sort of convert it so then i sort of picked his brain a little bit about ideas and he helped me refine what the show should be my original idea was actually i i consider it now to be pretty boring it would have been more kind of I hesitate to say NPR style where I would just talk about what I find interesting about something. And it was Richard's idea to say, like, maybe we should take questions, see what people actually want to learn about and uh, go from there, which is, an, of course, better idea. Richard and I had maybe spent a grand total of four hours together before we started recording the podcast. But since then, we do it every week. I mean, Richard and I are, you know, like that's, that's our that's our time together. We're best friends. We sort of met and bonded and become friends doing the podcast, which is maybe the inverse of how some other podcasts have formed. Well, it, the Dr. DC podcast is part of a, a podcast network that Richard began and, and you're a large part of called uh, Brain Freeze yes. Podcast Network. And that encompasses a couple of other podcasts on there. Are there any that you would like to mention at this point? Yeah, sure. The Brain Freeze Network is sort of a near and dear pet project. And we're a relatively small operation. But the whole point was trying to basically 
make a community of podcasters who could hopefully share their audience with each other. Now, the podcasts are not all comic books. That, that wasn't the idea. But I think it was more the idea of trying to cultivate podcasts that had um, similar, not either structural elements or tonal elements, so that people who liked one of them would be relatively likely to enjoy another one, and to try and just make a community of sort of small version of podcasts. So we are obviously on there. There's a, a podcast from Los Angeles called Good, Goods from the Woods. That they're, they're like almost at 300 episodes, I think, now. They've been going for a really long time. That one's a, a little show with uh, Rivers Langley and Pat Ryan, and they just dive into different topics. So it's not necessarily a particular theme to the show beyond stuff they find interesting. We also, through happenstance, are the home of a podcast that I quite enjoy called The Deli Boys. Also from L.A., to some of the screenwriters, uh, Evan Susser and David Phillips, who work on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and other things. And basically, they set out to rank the Jewish delis of Los Angeles, and it's a very, very funny podcast. <laughs> I quite enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, it's a sort of funny little community, I think, that we built. Like I said, we're a pretty small operation, but what we have tried to do is sort of reach out. We've done some workshops in our town where we are here. Try and just encourage people, if you have an idea, as, as silly as it is to say, like, just try, you know, podcasting. If that's a thing that you, if you have something that you want to get out, uh, there's few things as, like, democratically available as, as podcasting. So we're just trying to encourage people to, like, just share the stuff that they love. So for me, it's comic books. For others, it's uh, uh, deli food. For others, it's like cryptozoology and things like that. But uh, I think that's generally been the mandate for bringing <laughs> So what initially got you into podcasts? You mentioned that, you know, this this was in your brain for a while to, to do something like this. But what initially compelled you to start podcasting? And was there a, one in particular that caught your attention that said, oh, hey, I could do this. Let me get this started. Right. Well, like I said, I used to write a blog just where I could talk about what I like about DC Comics, what I like about a character or a story. And I used to do it like essay format. They were like anywhere between like 1,000 and 1,500 words for the essays about something that I found interesting, like mythologically speaking. And at the time, I was doing that as my sort of creative outlet, but as I was writing those things, I was listening to other podcasts, uh, mostly comedy podcasts. The one that I think got me into the, the medium in general is a pretty popular one called uh, If I Were You, hosted by Jake Sirwitzen and Ruth Blumenfeld, who used to work for College Humor. They did like a 10-year-long web series called Jake and Amir that popular but their show is essentially giving advice they're not qualified to do it but they do it people just write in and they give their unqualified advice for situations and it's a very funny show and i always just like their banter the podcasts that i've listened to since then the subject matter might get me to listen to an episode but it's the rapport between the host or the banter or the, the discussions with guests that keep me coming back for multiple episodes and so I think I, I started then having this 
idea in my head that wouldn't it be nice to have one other person to talk comic books with so that it wasn't just me writing essays that possibly nobody was reading. So it's always more fun to share share that love with someone than to do it in person. So yeah, once I met Richard and I knew that he sort of knew what he was doing and he had sort of a love for podcasts and stuff like that, that sort of felt like a sign that it was the right time to start. So how do you record and edit your show? I'm fortunate that Richard, in a past life, was a touring musician. So, you know, we sort of home studio that we've got set up. He's got a couple of, like, SM58s. It's like those standard microphones you see in a bar or on stage for a band. So we have SM58 mics, and we have, like, the pop guards and stuff like that on them. A relatively nice sort of studio that we've got set up and we use a four channel board just a USB board that then we just plug right into a garage band and then on the editing side we try where possible to stick to like the free programs just something that does what we need it to do. Most of the show we set our levels on the board now we don't really touch things too much if we need to do a little bit of editing or a little bit of taking out background noise we use Audacity And then we also use a tool called Levelator just in case I get too excited and start getting a, a little louder than everyone else in the room. It just sort of flattens the volume a little bit. But I think in general, I mean, other than the circumstance of Richard having some really nice equipment to start with, I think we run a relatively low-key uh, operation technically. But it works, though, because Richard is an exceptionally fast and talented editor. He's very good at going in. And I know certainly in our early episodes when we hadn't quite worked out a rhythm in how we spoke with each other, he would go in and just remove pauses he deemed were too long between a question and a response or a comment and another comment. We don't have to do that anymore because we've gotten better at podcasting. But I know in those early days, he was going through and doing a lot of work that way just to help tighten it up and make it the best possible version of, of what we had done. <laughs> well, that, that's great. I mean, it, and especially with a co-host that you're really not that familiar with uh, in the beginning because you don't know how to react or you don't know when to react because you don't know how the other person is going to potentially respond. But as you go along, you know each other better. And like you said, now you're really good friends. So you kind of feed off of each other at this point. And I think that's just like with any friendship that you're involved in, whether it's for the public to hear or not. So, Well, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, not that I would encourage anyone to do this, but if you, if anyone out there actually went back and listened to like I'd say our first four episodes. I, I will go on record and say they're bad. <laughs> and part of that is not being so sure about, like we're not having a, a rhythm set up and things like that. And part of that too is, I think there was this idea that we were trying to emulate the podcast we liked that had lots of banter and inside jokes and stuff like that. But we hadn't registered the idea that those things have to evolve naturally over time. You can't just hit the ground running and invent chemistry where there isn't any. So the first four episodes, I think, grind a lot because we were almost trying to manufacture the things we liked in other podcasts. And now, I mean, we've been doing it for almost three years now. 
now I listen to an episode and I can hear the callbacks and I can hear the inside jokes and I can hear us having fun. And it, it, it does now sound like the podcast that I like to listen to, but we got there naturally. We did eventually get there. It's just, we had to trust the process a little bit. You know, there's just a learning curve. Oh, yeah. Your first podcast isn't going to be like your 20th or your 40th or your 200th and so on. It's just going to evolve yeah. and hopefully get better. But <laughs> well, so, yeah, but, I mean, yeah that's, that's the goal, yeah. <laughs> so how often do you release episodes, and is there a specific day that you put them out? But yeah, part of our approach, and I think the sort of general wisdom for podcasting or for just marketing in general is it's the consistency, not necessarily frequency. So our episodes come out weekly on Wednesdays. Um, we picked Wednesdays because that's uh, when that's the day that new comic books get released. So we thought it was fitting that our show get released on a Wednesday as well. And they come out every single week. We always do like a 12 episodes leading up to Christmas, like a 12 days of Christmas sort of thing. So the schedule is slightly different there because there'll be a shorter episode every day for 12 days. But other than that, we don't miss a week, essentially. Put out. I think with those, it ends up being like 60 episodes or 60-some-odd episodes um, a, a year because we're doing it weekly, plus those special extra ones. If we ever have a bonus one, which we do sometimes, you know, when Comic-Con rolls around and there's lots of, lots of things to talk about, those ones, I think we typically try to put out on a Saturday or something like that. So even our bonus episodes generally have a bit of a schedule. Even though they're in mm. So you also have a merchandise store and Patreon to obviously cushion the, the cost of podcasting. How do you think those two outlets are helping you with that goal? Yeah, I mean, the... The merch store just started as a fun thing where we would have, have a joke or make a reference and then we just turn it into a, an image or a phrase and just see what it would look like on a t-shirt. It, it, we, I don't think we ever really looked at the merch as like, this is how we'll recoup some of the cost of doing the podcast. Because, you know, of course, as you know, there's costs associated with posting and distribution. We have our own website. We have our own domain. There's like there's things that we are paying for, even though, you know, Richard already had equipment and stuff like that. But the Patreon, that's actually, that helps us out quite a bit. It covers basically those costs now. It also allows us to do some other sort of fun things. You know, like we're, if we squirrel enough away you know, it'd be nice to, to uh, officially take the show on the road. We've done a couple of live shows close to home, but it would be nice to go elsewhere. But that Patreon, you know, we started it, and we knew we were going to do extra content. We do a full extra episode every week that comes out on Friday with our subscribers. And we launched it, and sort of fingers crossed that anyone would sign up. And the response has been really great. People are, um, our supporters are, are exceedingly generous very, very lovely people, some of whom now, like, contribute and help us with the podcast in various ways. So that Patreon is a big sort of key to our ongoing sort of continued growth. It, yeah, it helps cover the cost of our hosting or, or things like that. If we need to replace a mic or we need something, uh, 
particular piece of equipment so that we could do a video episode. We did our first video episode last year, and we needed some stuff for that. So the Patreon's allowing us to grow and expand, try new things, and try to find ways to keep our audience entertained and excited about what we're doing. Well, it's always nice to have a little bit of of a cushion there to help ease the pain <laughs> and to know that you have fans that listen to your show regularly that want more information or want more content that that's always great too so you know i always well, the and, and the patreon's given us a bit of a platform where we can talk about things that aren't necessarily bound by our format because we're pretty consistent with our format on the show about you know we'll do news the questions move on to something else but on the patreon that's sort of where we get to geek out about you know we've got episodes about star trek and we just talk about the episodes that we like or you know we inexplicably somehow one of the fans of our show uh, worked for years on uh, for, for paramount and we got to have him on and talk about star trek and stuff like that or we get to talk about other books we're reading and board games and the patreons allowed us to to sort of flex the non-dc comics geek muscles that we've got and it's nice that people have, are contributing to that and subscribing and want to be on that journey. It's sort of it's a weird, weirdly flattering. Thing. <laughs> well, it, it's really cool too to to get that engagement too. I I have to say. So, do you have anything in store for the podcast for 2020? Do you have anything exciting coming up, or do you have any an outlook on where you want to take it? Right. I would say last year was, or, or, or the last almost calendar year was a pretty big one. We had only just launched the Patreon October of uh, 2018, so we're only just past sort of the year mark of that. We're about to launch a new tier on our Patreon that'll have some additional extra content. We're we're going further into the playing around with more video content, which I think is has a pretty specific use and a pretty like fun use because we are talking about comics, right? So it's nice to be able to actually share in the visual enjoyment of that, not just speak about the stories or not just speak about the plot uh, points rather. And last year we did a live show at the Yukon Comedy Festival. We're very fortunate to be joined by two very big sort of podcast guests that were up for that festival. We were joined by Tom Goss from the New Boys podcast and John Gabris from High and Mighty and Comedy Bang Bang and other shows like that, uh, Action Boys. So I think our goal is to keep reaching out to try and get some more guests. I just think it would be great to do another live show, more video content. I think we've, we've noticed that we're growing all the time. So as we continue to grow, what's been great about our listeners too is they're always keen to throw out ideas. And we've got some interesting things we're toying around with that I think we're going to try to do this year to keep things fresh and exciting and fun for everyone. Oh, awesome. What would you say is the most challenging part about podcasting? I mean, it's, I, I guess we've sort of moved past that at this point, but it's like, it's the consistency, especially when you're starting out. You know, and the early days of our show, I, I actually like the first full year of our show, there were actually three of us, uh, not just me and Rich, and coordinating the schedule of three people uh, who all have other lives. And at this point now, I'm a parent, but Richard has 
a very demanding, taxing job. I work in events, so my schedule is all over the place. The consistency of the scheduling of recording episodes is challenging. Um, we've since we've made it such a priority that like uh, we just always record at the same time every week, and uh, barring emergencies, we never miss it. But that, that can be tough because, you know, we wanted to be consistent. We didn't want to put an episode out on a Wednesday one week and a Tuesday the other week and a Friday the week after because we wanted people to just have a routine that, you know, you wake up on Wednesday, go get your comic books and listen to our podcast. And so I, I would say that was probably the toughest, toughest part. Uh, yeah, I agree. The scheduling with one person is difficult enough, but then you throw other people in the mix, and it's just like <laughs> confusing at, at well, points to <laughs> yeah. To, I mean, to it, get it, that. It's, it's like it's like hurting cats a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so on the other side of that, uh, how has that improved or changed your life? Oh, geez. Well, I mean. First of all, I mean, like I said, I mean, this podcast is the reason that Richard and I know each other essentially. We get along and we're good friends. So, I mean, that's that's number one. That's paramount. But also, the relationship we've got with our listeners that is baked into the format of the show because we take questions, which was the conscious decision to make engagement a thing we couldn't ignore or forget about. <laughs> the benefit of that, the the unseen maybe benefit of that is a lot of our listeners are, you know, I would consider them friends, you know, like if they were in town, I'd, <laughs> I'd offer them a, a, a place to stay or something like that. We've got, made lots of interesting friendships and relationships. We've met interesting uh, people through our guests. We get this sort of friend of friend network. I've read more comics because of it, because I need to keep my knowledge ahead of what people are going to ask me. So it's forced me to be, to take a thing that I like and not just, you know, I think we all do with TV and movies, it's very easy to just put on something that you're familiar with, you've already watched or something that you've already read. It's forced me to, instead of reading the same comic for the 20th time, why don't I seek out something new? So it's been good for me that way. It's a creative outlet, you know, and it's somewhat selfishly as a parent, it's, it's nice to have an excuse once a week to get out of my house and not talk about daycare or <laughs> Paw Patrol or sort of a, a, relief, a relief for me. I, I love being a parent, but you do get in a bit of a, a bubble and you realize you haven't had an adult conversation in a while. So my adult conversations are about Superman. Right. <laughs> so, but that's a good way to get an easy out for a, a little, you know, a few hours a week anyway, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. yeah, instead of like, you keep, you, keep, you keep a modicum of sanity, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> instead of the constant Paw Patrol or Sesame Street or Baby Shark or whatever, you know, you might be, you oh, know, God, afflicted with. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any advice for someone who wants to get into podcasting? Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the big advice just has to be 
get, you have to care about it. And it's not just caring about your topic, right? I think you have to care about like reaching people. I think it's hard sometimes to find the line between I have an opinion about something. I think people should know it. And I have a thing that I love. I want to engage with people who also love it. And sometimes the impulse, and it was certainly, like I said, it was my initial impulse when I told Richard I wanted to do this show was, you know, wouldn't people love to hear what I have to say about it? And uh, it took uh, Richard very wisely telling me that's less important than me taking my knowledge and putting it in service of answering people's questions. There's things they want to know. I can be the vessel that, you know, through which they gain that uh, information. So I think if you're going to start a podcast, you not only have to care about your topic, but you have to care about that idea, that idea of engaging, reaching out, making a community, and getting to know people and having fun that way. I think if you're in it for fame and fortune, you're in the wrong media. But if you're in it to meet different people and have fun and spend at least an hour of your week talking about something that you love, then I think you should just do it. You don't need fancy equipment or anything. Just make it happen. Put it on YouTube. Do it all for free if you need to. But put it out there. Someone will find it. Your audience will find it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I, I think engaging your audience, too, is something important. Answering listener questions on your show kind of harkens back to the day when you called a radio station for them to play your song and they mentioned your name. Yeah. I, 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 I think, think there might be an element of that. I hesitate to toot my own horn too much. We're hardly famous, but I do find it fun when I write it and they say, here's a question from Reed. I find that fun. I like listening and seeing if they use my question. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. So have there been any resources that helped you along the way, whether it's Facebook groups, Twitter, or anything like that? Yeah. I would I'd say the the biggest one that that has helped us is Twitter. Twitter seems to be, I mean, if uh, other than screaming about politics, Twitter seems to be good for podcast community. That's a that's, I think screaming about politics and then finding your podcast community are the only two relevant uses for Twitter anymore. But um, <laughs> but it's been great for us because you know stuff in comics happens relatively quickly or a new comic comes out or there's news about a new writer or uh you know someone's got an episode out or there's a trailer and twitter is so fast you can share things easily comment on other people's stuff and and our our community i'd say like 80 percent of our engagement happens on uh twitter some of our very dedicated um fans and listeners hop over to our facebook um or our instagram Reddit on occasion has been good for slightly expanding our audience, but we have a subreddit that one of our fans made for for our show, and that is a lovely space. But in general, sometimes, uh, especially when you're promoting things, Reddit's not really the place for that. Most subreddits don't want you just promoting their stuff. But yeah, I would say Twitter. That's where I spend most of my engagement time for the for the podcast. Is on there. I love having discussions mm-hmm. with people or. It's nice to make a thread of like comic book panels or issues that you like. So you put some images up and just make a bit of a thread. I I think the format of that platform is really conducive to those kinds of discussions. Yeah. 
Yeah, I find that I'm on Twitter the most and probably Facebook second, and the other ones probably are like a distant third and fourth. (laughs) So is there anything that you wish you had known when you started out, or are you grateful for what you learned and don't look back and and just keep moving ahead? Yeah, I mean, the the healthiest thing to do is, is just know that you're going to make mistakes and you shouldn't regret things. But of course I do. Like I said, uh, our our early episodes are rough to listen to because we tried to manufacture a show in which we were doing bits or we'd do a funny voice here or there or have an inside joke. But you can't, you have to set those things up. <laughs> and the podcasts that have them in episode one are people that have known each other for a while. So it's still natural. But because Richard and I were, he had only just met, basically, we were trying to manufacture those things. I, if I could do it again, I would at least counsel myself to try and just let it organically happen. But we got there anyway. Like, I wouldn't say it set us back or anything like that, but it's just one of those little learning curve pieces, you know? And our, part of that's okay, though. You know, like, our formats evolved a little bit over time. We didn't used to do news. Uh, now the news segment is pretty baked into our show. Comic book news, of course. Don't don't listen if you want something that's happening in Iran. But we've added like little games here and there. Um, but for the most part, our our show is pretty consistent now, and it got there over time. But it doesn't mean that it will stay the same forever. I'm sure we'll get sick of something that we do at some point and switch it up to something. I think we're at a place now where that feels less daunting, more comfortable because we know what we're doing. Right, right. Well, you know, like I find for my show, I ask a lot of the same questions. So then I'm less floundering. Like what can I throw in to uh, make it a little bit more exciting for the listener? So they're not like, she's going to ask that question next. (laughs) But but there's an element of, there's an element of asking the consistent same questions, though, that's kind of interesting. That was the whole point of the the Bernard Pivo uh, questionnaire at the end of Inside the Actors Studio, right? Is that they would ask the right. same questions, and you could see how different people with different backgrounds would answer things slightly differently, or how they even interpreted the questions sometimes was vastly different, let alone that their answers were different. Right. I I try to keep it, I think, more exciting for myself more than the person on the other (laughs) end because, like you said, everyone's going to answer a question differently. But then I think I'm the one that's boring myself. So, (laughs) so, like, there's this thing that that came out called Poddex where you pick a card out and you can ask a different question every time. So there are, like, 50 cards in a deck and – I, I think it's really cool. So I picked out one today for you. Who would play you in a movie? So. Ooh. Oh, geez. Who would play me? And I would love to be able to answer one of the hunky Hollywood Chris's, but unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen. I think I would like someone like uh, Christian Bale or someone who would be willing to transform themselves physically for the role and gain a little weight and lose a little hair. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, Mine would probably be Lisa Kudrow, because people have said that I look oh, like sure. her. 
I'll, I'll take it, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course. We're kind of the same goofy personality, although I haven't made up songs about my cats or anything. But It's never too late to start. <laughs> yes, of course. Before we wrap things up, do you have anything to add or promote, either for the podcast or for yourself personally? I'll say that I'm now work with Richard on a big event with the Yukon Comedy Festival, which happens at Whitebrook Yukon. That's coming up uh, April 2nd to 4th. We haven't announced our comedians yet, but lots of uh, cool people are coming up. This festival's really growing. It's getting a lot of sort of notoriety. We've had uh, great comedians from across Canada and across the United States come and perform. And this year is going to be even bigger, even better. So if you're anywhere, even tangentially close to the Yukon, and you feel like making a trip, seeing some lovely uh, local scenery, because we are the wilderness city, and also taking some great comedy, then I would recommend coming to the Yukon Comedy Festival. If you're a fan of podcasts and or comic books, so yeah, check out the Dr. DC podcast every Wednesday. And wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever. And how can people find your podcast on social media? Oh, yeah. That's a, oh, yeah. I do this at the end of every episode. You'd think I would. Um, <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram, we are Dr. DC Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Dr. DC. If you have comic book questions you want to send in or you just want to say hi, we've got an email, drdcpodcast.gmail.com. And our subreddit, if you're so inclined, is r slash doctor underscore dc. And, uh, yeah, and all of our episodes are up on our website, too. It's uh, drdcpodcast.com or .ca. That's where you can get at our merch and, and other things, too. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Reed, for uh, talking with me about the Dr. DC podcast. I enjoy it. It gives me a little bit more background on things that I may not have known about uh, certain comic book characters. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's nice to, nice to chat. And to everyone listening to your podcast, mine, we'll chat soon. Bruce Springsteen is known around the world as one of rock and roll's most dynamic performers because of his music and his live shows. He also has a passionate fan base. I'm Gussie Jackson, and for the past four years on Seth Lessing Bruce, I've talked to Springsteen fans from around the world, each of them sharing why Bruce and his music has meant so much to them in their daily lives. If you love Bruce Springsteen's music, or if you just love good stories from passionate fans, I hope you will check out Set Lusting Bruce, the Bruce Springsteen podcast, wherever you can find your favorite podcast. Remember, there is magic in the night.